I'm Chris, host of the Free World Hustle podcast. Each week, we're going to teach inmates, felons, how to get the bag the right way. So it doesn't take you 10 years like it did for me. Let's go. Rinse do. What is going on? Welcome to the Free World Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Chris. What is the Free World Hustle? What is what is this podcast? Glad you asked. You apparently might have never been incarcerated. When you've been in jail or prison, you're inside. You're behind the bars. And you call the outside the free world. So the Free World Hustle podcast, I created. You're welcome. Because sometimes when you're behind bars, you have dreams and aspirations. You're like, I'm going to do good. I'm going to get me a good job. I'm going to get out of my mom's house. I'm never coming back. But then you get out and you're like, well, how can I even get a job? Now I have a background. I've been gone for such and such years. I don't even know where to start. So then you start looking for a job. People only want to pay you minimum wage. Then they really, really don't want to give you the job. They hold it over your head because then you got to get time off. Let them know you have a probation officer. Let them know that you're going to be missing. You have court dates. You have all this responsibility. So Free World Hustle is basically a podcast that I'm going to help be a resource and tell you and show you and direct you to people like us that have been incarcerated and found that hustle, that entrepreneurship, that job that accepts felons and that doesn't judge and gets you the bag. That's what Free World Hustle Podcast is. Every week, I'm going to be dropping gems, diamonds, whatever you want to call it, hustle of the week. That way, any quick gig quick cash that you need because some of us come out and we don't even have the resources, the family, the support system. So why, why would we do something different? Why would we change the narration, right? Why, why would we even think of going legal when legal does not sustain us, does not give us the, um, the amount of money that we need in order to pay our bills and to stay out of trouble and pay our probation officer. And I know that's not every job, a lot of companies do hire felons because, number one, it's a tax break. So don't act like you're doing us a favor. It's a tax break. Don't play. We knew. They tell us all the time. You know, you, you have classes in prison. They're like, hey, uh, such and such company. They tell us, send you their way. So-and-so's gotten a job there before. Your tax break. They want y'all. Okay, good. Thank, thank you for making me feel special. Thank you. Whatever. Anyways, you're like, why, Chris? Why? Why would you help us? What could you know about being behind bars? I know. Innocent face, right? Innocent face. I know. But let me tell you. Why would I help you? Because I've been there. I've been in your shoes. And maybe I didn't do as much time as you. But I went through the struggle. I went through the struggle for 10 years to figure it out. To figure out how to make money without going back. And believe me, it it took a few times. It took a few times to figure this out because fast money, easy money, so we think, is a lot easier. It looks so good. It looks so good, you know? 
when you get off of work working 12 hours and you see that other person down the street just passing by in their Escalade on the way to the strip club, we're like, I remember those days. Not me. I'm just speaking, but I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. What, Chris? What did you do? What did you do? Hmm? A white collar crime? No. So a little bit about me. 20 years ago, a little bit over 20 years, I graduated high school. I wanted to go to the military. I wanted to go to the military. And my dad said, that's no place for a lady, young lady. So I went into the import-export business. And apparently, it's frowned upon to cross 167 pounds of marijuana across the Mexican border to El Paso, Texas. So that's, that's what happened. I know. I know. You would have thought this would have passed, right? It doesn't look like it. But apparently you shouldn't cross the border alone. That looks very suspicious. Now I know. Not that I'm giving any tips. I'm not trying to get you to do what I did. That's that's not the free game of the week. I'm not teaching you how to do it the right way. Okay, let's not go there. But if you need some information, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyways, so I did that. And luckily I was so young and had never gotten in trouble previously. The judge could automatically recommend you for some programs to decrease your time. There's a program called RDAP. For people that had drug problems, they're like, okay, let's put you through this counseling and help you so you know how to get back on your feet. Um, and if you were not a drug user, then you couldn't qualify for that. You would take somebody's space. So, of course, lots of people lie, but that's a whole other episode, okay? Um, boot camp. Boot camp is for young people that um, they see something in. They see something in that they believe they can correct action, like, I guess, sweat it out of you, you know, um, make you physically fit, and you will not come back because we get we put you in a military-style boot camp. That was led by ex-military uh, officers. Now, what they didn't see me was my health because I've always been a big girl. So I was supposed to only do six months boot camp. It didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. I... Ended up doing the entire 18 months and five years probation afterwards. Why? Because there's a thing called like an incident report, which in prison we call it a shot. Um, when you get in trouble, then it disqualifies you for programs. That's their way to trim the fat on the list. And to be honest, after seeing the people in boot camp, I really don't think I would have graduated. I don't. They, it was horrible. These ladies in the rain running every single day. They're running to the chow hall, running out. I don't know about you, but nobody runs to the chow hall. That food is horrible. It is horrible. I don't believe I would have made it. Let's rewind before that. Let's let's back, back, back it up. Back, back. Okay. Why, Chris? Why why were you crossing the border with drugs? What what led you there? Money. Money. I don't believe I ever wanted to be a drug dealer. I always knew that I was going to be something great. I was meant for greatness and my path was never a drug dealer. But now that I sit back and look, because I still live in the area I grew up in, 
I was born and raised in the hood. And you know in the hood, what do you what do you see? What do you have? You have multiple churches. You have horrible education schools. And you have drug dealers. And then the druggies. And so every time I look around, people that you would look up to as in, wow, wow, what do you do? They sell drugs. When you see them dressed nice, have nice homes, nice cars, nice spouses, people, they were drug dealers. And not that I wanted that. I'm just saying in in my neighborhood, you wouldn't see anybody that was like, oh, come here. I own a tax business. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Oh, let, come, come here. Come here, little girl. Let me show you that we go and we landscape, right? We wouldn't look up to our, our aunts and uncles and neighbors and people that were doing manual labor because the manual labor person, the person that's doing a landscaping company, a roofing company, an AC company, you never see them with all these stylish things. You never knew they made money. Now, don't get me wrong. They made money. They just sat on it. They use it. They invested. They had other properties. They, they always had cash or mattress money that we call. So I did not grow up wanting to be like that. Right. But I knew that I, was not going to be a drug user, a drug addict, and not against anybody because I know I know what kind of world we're in. So I had a real job. I had a real job. I worked for the bank, and I had a roommate. One of my best friends growing up, we lived on the same street, and we were roommates. And I would work all day long because I'd work overtime, and I'd come home when... He's just waking up. Friends are meeting there and they're on their way to the strip club. And they're there just paying somebody else's bills with fast cash, fast cash. And I could not go, even though they would invite me because I'm like, no, I need some sleep. I need to go to bed. So I'm going to go back to work tomorrow, do it all over again. So after several months of seeing my roommate do this every day, and basically wait, work like one day a week to go out of town, go do a load. I'm like, let me in. He's like, nope, nope, sure won't. Mm-mm. You're doing good, Chris. Don't go this route. This is not for you. Let me in. He did not let me in. So I found my way in a different way. And when you find your way in because you want in so bad, you mix yourself up with the wrong people the people that you don't know, the people that you shouldn't trust, right? And I don't blame my friend, but that's why he didn't let me in because he's like, this is not a world for you. You don't belong here. And this is an an ugly side of things. Like, I don't want you to go this route. And when you want something, you do it, right? And, And that's what happened. That's how I ended. That's That was my how I ended up here kind of thing, you know, and of course there's more to the story. And if y'all, if, if you want more, then I'll give you more. But for right now, I just want to tell you, believe me, I've been there. I've done that. I've gone through the process, the process of a two years waiting time for pre-trial, pre-trial. If you don't know what pre-trial it is, it's basically like a free 
probation. You cannot mess up before you go to your trial to get sentenced. And that time does not count. It does not count towards the time they're going to sentence you. It does not count towards the probation afterwards. So basically, you have to be good while you're waiting for your court date. You have to be good and stay out of trouble and report to this pretrial officer and take these UAs when they call your number and your code. And I'm sure a lot of things has changed. A lot of things have changed. Uh, and I'm about to get all that information for you because what I'm here to do is if you have been in my situation and you've just gotten out or you've been out and you just haven't cracked the code, you just haven't figured it out. You're like, no, Chris, I'm still at Burger King and they haven't even moved me to manager. Let me help you. You're, you're at Starbucks sitting and you're, you're on your phone trying to Google and call employers to see who hires felons. Let me help you. There are some great companies out there. You know, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody, but I truly believe the majority of us that went to prison for selling drugs or something of that sort, to me, you're a hustler. You're a genuine hustler. And all I have to teach you or help you with is replacing the thing you are hustling. So from it being a bag of weed or keys of Coke to being sneakers to sell on StockX or eBay or being the car dealership, right? Or being at the car auction or showing you how to wholesale a house. These are just the beginning steps because you can do, then do the truck driving, the hot shotting. Um, there's so many different things. And of course, a lot of things you can get there quicker with the help of somebody that is not a felon. So if you happen to be dating somebody or married to somebody that has a clear background, then, oh my God, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Because unfortunately, mine took a bit longer because I am married to a fellow felon and it's rough. Both of us um, have to disclose. We have to disclose what we are. Luckily, my face looks like this because you see beyond it and past it. But when it's a, when it's like a bank, there's no looking beyond it. It's if your fingerprints pull up, your fingerprints pull up. It's, it's rough out there. And so what I am doing is being that resource. I'm going to attach links to other videos or to play to places to apply or for that gig that you can get cash being a felon that it doesn't matter on your background because you're not around banks or money or drugs and things like that. So that's what I want to be for you. I want to be your resource to help you kind of fast forward a little bit, but everything is a process. Everything is a process and takes time, but I'm going to be here to educate and to help lead you in the right way. And you know what? Between working and being home and having family and your kids all over you because you're finally home, you don't have the time to probably sit here and listen to 10 YouTubes and podcasts and Google searches to figure it out. You know, time is of the essence. You have a ticking talk, a ticking talk. Oh my God, what? This is what TikTok does. You have a 
ticking clock because that that probation officer is waiting for their money, that monthly money, and then you got to pay for your bed, right, at the uh, halfway house or at the home that you're staying at because you don't have a residence. Lots of us don't have that support. We don't, you know. Chris, Chris, how was prison? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Prison, as my dad said about military, is no place for a little girl. Prison, it was different. I was in federal prison. And that's a lot different from state. Because obviously, you know, state doesn't have any air condition or heat. I would have probably, I don't know what I would have done. Because from the stories I hear, it's it's horrible. But I was in federal. Federal, we had AC, we had units, you had day jobs. You're getting paid 13 cents an hour. I don't know if the income has went up there. Um, it, it was a little different. To me, I've gone to several camps growing up, church camps. And um not saying that it was like church camp, but I I'm used to the bunk bed roommate type situation, going to a chow hall, going to different meetings during the day and jobs and cleaning up after yourself. So it was kind of like a supervised women's camp that you could not leave until they told you to. Me being a lesbian, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, girl, you had fun. No, no. Just because you're a lesbian and it's full of women, it's not going to be the women that you're looking for. Okay. And half the time, commissary, necessary. So you don't even know who's trying to fool you. But it was an experience, especially when your family drives from out of town and comes sees you and you see your nephews and and you can't go home with them. Right. Or your sister's having kids and you can't be there. Then she has to bring you to see your nephew for the first time in prison. That kind of thing sucks. You know, they say it's different for men. They say men stick together and um, women show up for their men. They say if they have the wife or the baby mama or the mom, they show up for them and they support them. But with a woman, you know, I don't have to tell you how many men, husbands, baby daddies don't bring the kids, don't visit. They fall off and I hate to watch all right? So the experience, it was definitely something that I would not like to experience ever again. But it was definitely tolerable. It was definitely, I don't want to really say this, but I'm thinking it. So I'm going to say it. I see why people go back. I see it because you're not really learning anything. You're sitting around, hanging around with a crew that you think is your crew or want to enjoy your time with. You're walking around a park or what we call as a park or a smoke pad and go to the library, you go to education, you go to chapel. It's kind of like they said, okay, These are the things we're going to give you, and this is how long you have. So figure out what you want to do. Do you want to read all day some old, old books? Do you want to start working out? Do you want to pick up smoking? Or do you want to maybe 
clean. Like it's literally like, what am I going to learn from going here and being here almost two years? I for sure didn't work out. I picked up smoking, which was a horrible, horrible habit. Thank God I kicked it 11 years ago. Now that I think about it. Um, yay to me. I really can't say what somebody has gotten out of it. So that is why it starts with you. So if you're incarcerated or you know somebody that's incarcerated, you need to let them know about this podcast. So I'm going to let you know on some books that you can send your person that they can start reading so they can change their mindset because it starts here. It starts with you. You have to have it in you to want to change because what they're feeding you over there is nothing but expired food because they're not feeding your soul with anything with change. It's like a little jokey joke. Every day is like a little jokey joke, even to the officers. You might find that one person that actually cares and wants to change the world. But I, now that I sit back, it, it was... It was kind of cool because you'd see the officers come in and not cool, but I'm just saying the officers would come in for their shift. What you doing, Guzman? Girl, get away from that girl. She don't like you. She don't love you. You know, it was like, they're your friends. But not once did I ever have a real conversation with an officer and be like, what you going to do, Guzman? What you going to do when you get out, Guzman? Better not bring your ass back. Which is some, sometimes they say, don't bring your ass back, but that's when you're leaving, right? But they didn't ever say why you shouldn't bring yourself back, what you need to do to not bring yourself back. They would never come in instead of saying, you know, making fun and little jokey jokes and what you doing with these girls, Guzman? What are you doing with hanging out with this person? What are you doing? You're up to no good. Like, instead of just saying that, they should have come in and said, hey, Guzman, I brought you this book. Hey, Guzman, I can't bring you nothing, but why, I, I read this book, and I think it would be good for you. So write this name down and ask your people to come bring it. Ask your people to send it to you. Not once was it, hey, Guzman, did you watch the news? Hey, Guzman, are you trying to figure this out? That's why I'm telling you, it's nobody's job to make sure you don't come back. And the system and the cycle is not telling you not to come back. You know, it, it's not. It's, it's just a vicious cycle. So it has to start with you. And hopefully you have a support system because I know a lot of people don't. I know I did. I did. And if you have somebody that's incarcerated or waiting on pretrial is or on probation, what you need to let them know on the daily is, look, look, Zoe, I don't care about the money. I don't care about this coach purse or this whatever it is women use. I care about you. I want you to be home with our kids. I want to spend Christmas with you. I want you to see our son graduate. You know, because you are part of our why. Our why sometimes men are like, no, baby mama needs some shoes. You know, so-and-so wants to go here. They want to take this trip. I got to make this quick bag. You know, and I'm not blaming you. 
I'm just saying our mentality sometimes is we want to support, we want to give, or we want you to keep up with the Joneses and have what you want and look and shine. And you know what? At the end of the day, I bet you when you're there home alone you and you don't have that kind of purse or lifestyle anymore, you're like, damn, I just want him home. I, it's cold outside. I just want to snuggle up, but I got to wait 18 years for that, which you're not. But anyways, let them know. Let them know that all you want is them. You know what? My wife will tell me, I will stay under the bridge with you. I will go anywhere with you. Now, I don't know if I believe her, but she's hung in this long and we did it together, right? We got here this far. Chris, what is here? I'm an entrepreneur. We invest in real estate. We've flipped cars before. We've um, had e-commerce, which is like eBay, Amazon, Seldar Marketplace. Like we've done so much stuff to get the bag because I was just trying to find out and find out what it is I wanted to do. Because I was in love with the process. I think from being a, an illegal hustler, um, I think that's what happened to me is that I just fell in love with the process of seeing my money make more money. Oh, wow. I can sell this pair of shoes for 800 extra dollars. You're kidding me, right? This is legal, right? Yeah, you got to pay taxes, but you know, got to pay somebody. It's kind of like you got to pay to stay out here the right way. But that's what we're going to do here every week. Free World Hustle Podcast. I, Chris, am like you. And I want to help you change your ways. The right way. The legal way. Let's get the bag. Let's go. See you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Free World Hustle Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite streaming platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. All right, hustlers, we'll see you next week. Go get the bag. <laughs>